Today's show is a lesson in how history can be used to lie to us. And this counterpunch article by Rob Urey called Russiagate, Nazis, and the CIA will help make things a lot clearer. I don't know how many times I've been called a Russian troll or a Russian agent, and Russiagate is behind all that. A lot of us saw through Russiagate a long time ago, but there are still plenty of people on your friends list on Facebook who think Russiagate is a thing, who don't realize that it's just propaganda and that it was a conspiracy theory from the start. The comfy, suburban, elitist, white, blue dog, diehard Dems are the ones that are letting go of this with the most difficulty. We need to slap them around a little bit and let them know you got to get over this Russiagate bullshit and you got to get over it now. So if you've been having trouble with Russiagate, this little article will help you combat it. The political success of Russiagate lies in the vanishing of American history in favor of a facade of liberal virtue. That is a beautiful sentence. So we're here to restore the vanishing American history and we're here to wipe out the facade of liberal virtue. Posed as a response to the election of Donald Trump, Yes, Russiagate was posed as a response to the election of Donald Trump. Substitute for the word posed, fabricated, fabricated as a response to the election of Donald Trump. A straight line can be drawn from efforts to undermine the decommissioning of the American war economy in 1946 to the CIA's alliance with Ukrainian fascists in 2014. So the CIA and its predecessor, the National Security Council, are directly responsible for Russiagate. In 1945, the NSC, National Security Council, issued a series of directives that gave logic and direction to the CIA's actions during the Cold War. That these persist despite the fall of communism suggests that it was always just a placeholder in the pursuit of other objectives. So now we get to figure out what those other objectives were, and still are. I don't know how old you are. The general audience of this show is both young on one end and old on the other, and not much in the middle. But this is fascinating to people my age who lived through the Cold War. It's fascinating because what actually happened is so different from what we were told all the way through. The first Cold War was an imperial business enterprise to keep the generals, bureaucrats, and war material suppliers in power and their bank accounts flush after World War II. It's a fact, Jack. Likewise, the American side of the nuclear arms race left former Gestapo and SS officers employed by the CIA to put their paranoid fantasies forward as assessments of Russian military capabilities. So a huge amount of the Russian paranoia we've all been fed over the years comes directly from these Gestapo and SS officers employed by the CIA. Nobody ever taught me this in school. Why, of all people, would former Nazi officers be put in charge of military intelligence if accurate assessments were the goal? The Nazis hated the Soviets more than the Americans did. So right off the bat, we had no chance at a calm, measured response to Russia or the Soviet Union because we had paranoid people in charge. The ideological binaries of Russiagate, for or against Donald Trump, for or against neoliberal petrostate Russia, 
to find the boundaries of acceptable discourse to the benefit of deeply nefarious interests. The U.S. has spent a century or more trying to install a U.S.-friendly government in Moscow. Following the dissolution of the USSR in 1991, the U.S. sent neoliberal economists to loot the country as the Clinton administration and later the Obama administration placed NATO troops and armaments on the Russian border after a negotiated agreement not to do so. Subsequent claims of real politic are cover for a reckless disregard for geopolitical consequences. These are Democrats, folks. Now here's where Gloria Steinem comes in. The paradox of American liberalism, articulated when feminist icon and CIA asset Gloria Steinem described the CIA as liberal, nonviolent, and honorable, is that educated, well-dressed bourgeois functionaries have used the largely manufactured threat of foreign subversion to install right-wing nationalists subservient to American business interests at every opportunity. Furthermore, Steinem's aggressive ignorance of the actual history of the CIA illustrates the liberal propensity to conflate bourgeois dress and attitude with an imagined gentility. To the point made by Christopher Simpson, the CIA could have achieved better results had it not employed former Nazi officers, begging the question of why it chose to do so. I think it's incredible that we just know that they chose to do so. That tells us a lot. Why is pretty obvious because the CIA wants to manipulate us into being afraid of Russia. That's why. But I don't want to steal the punchline. On the American left, Russiagate is treated as a case of bad reporting, of official outlets for government propaganda serially reporting facts and events that were subsequently disproved. And even that assessment of lefty media is not through the eyes of mainstream media. I still haven't seen the mainstream media pundits apologizing left and right for their failed Russiagate conspiracy theory. However, some fair portion of the American bourgeois, the PMC that acts in supporting rules for capital, believes every word of it. They still believe every word of it. It's been debunked and disproven and they still fucking believe every word of it. Russiagate is the nationalist party line in the American fight against communism without the communism. Charges of treason have been lodged every time that military budgets have come under attack since 1945. In 1958, the senior leadership of the Air Force was charging the other branches of the military with treason for doubting its utterly fantastical and later disproven estimate of Soviet ICBMs. Treason is good for business. Now here's the jaw-dropping part. Shortly after World War II ended, the CIA employed hundreds of former Nazi military officers, including former Gestapo and SS officers responsible for murdering tens and hundreds of thousands of human beings to run a spy operation known as the Galen Organization from Berlin, Germany. Given its central role in assessing the military intentions and capabilities of the Soviet Union, the Galen organization was more likely than not responsible for the CIA's overstatement of Soviet nuclear capabilities in the 1950s used to support the U.S. nuclear weapons program. Ding, ding, ding. They're trying to get more money for U.S. nuclear weapons programs, so they overstate Soviet nuclear capabilities. 
This is on purpose, folks. This is not an honest mistake. Former Nazis were also integrated into CIA efforts to install right-wing governments around the world. So how liberal is the CIA when it's working to install right-wing governments around the world? How genteel. How lovely. By the time that Senator John F. Kennedy claimed a U.S. missile gap with the Soviets in 1958, the CIA was providing estimates of Soviet ICBMs, intercontinental ballistic missiles, that were wildly inflated, most likely provided to it by the Galen Organization. Once satellite and U-2 reconnaissance estimates became available, the CIA lowered its own to 120 Soviet ICBMs when the actual number was four. On the one hand, the Soviets really did have a nuclear weapons program. On the other, it was a tiny fraction of what was being claimed. Bad reporting, unerringly on the side of larger military budgets, appears to be the constant. So it's not just bad reporting, it's deceptive reporting. And it's the same kind of bullshit we've seen throughout my lifetime. Under the Nazi War Crimes Disclosure Act passed by Congress in 1998, the CIA was made to partially disclose its affiliation with and employment of former Nazis. In contrast to the Operation Paperclip thesis that it was Nazi scientists who were brought to the U.S. to labor as scientists, the Galen Organization and CIC employed known war criminals in political roles. Klaus Barbie, the Butcher of Lion, was employed by the CIC and claims to have played a role in the murder of Che Guevara. Werner von Braun, one of the Operation Paperclip scientists, worked in a Nazi concentration camp as tens of thousands of human beings were murdered. The historical sequence in the U.S. was World War I, the Great Depression, World War II, to an economy that was heavily dependent on war production. The threatened decommissioning of the war economy in 1946 was first met with an honest assessment of Soviet intentions. The Soviets were moving infrastructure back into Soviet territory as quickly as was practicable, then to the military budget-friendly claim that they were putting resources in place to invade Europe. The result of the shift was that the American generals kept their power and the war industry kept producing material and weapons. By 1948, these weapons had come to include atomic bombs. To understand the political space that military production came to occupy, from 1948 onward, the U.S. military became a well-funded bureaucracy where charges of treason were regularly traded between the branches. Internecine battles for funding and strategic dominance were and are regularly fought. The tactic that this bureaucracy, the military-industrial complex, adopted was to exaggerate foreign threats in a contest for bureaucratic dominance. The nuclear arms race was made a self-fulfilling prophecy. As the U.S. produced world-ending weapons non-stop for decades on end, the Soviets responded in kind. What ties the Galen Organization to CIA estimates of Soviet nuclear weapons from 1948 to 1958 is 1. The Galen Organization was central to the CIA's intelligence operations vis-a-vis -vis the Soviets. 2. 
The CIA had limited alternatives to gather information on the Soviets outside of the Galen organization. And three, the senior leadership of the U.S. military had long demonstrated that it approved of exaggerating foreign threats when doing so enhanced their power and added to their budgets. Long story short, the CIA employed hundreds of former Nazi officers who had the ideological predisposition and economic incentive to misperceive Soviet intentions and misstate Soviet capabilities to fuel the Cold War. That, folks, is where Russiagate started. Where this gets interesting is that American whistleblower Daniel Ellsberg was working for the Rand Corporation in the late 1950s and early 1960s when estimates of Soviet ICBMs were being put forward. JFK had run, in 1960, on a platform that included closing the Soviet-US missile gap. The United States Air Force, charged with delivering nuclear missiles to their targets, was estimating that the Soviets had 1,000 ICBMs. Mr. Ellsberg, who had limited security clearance through his employment at RAND, was leaked the known number of Soviet ICBMs. The Air Force was saying 1,000 Soviet ICBMs when the number confirmed by reconnaissance satellites was four. By 1962, the year of the Cuban Missile Crisis, the CIA had shifted nominal control of the Galen organization to the BND, for whom Galen continued to work. Based on ongoing satellite reconnaissance data, the CIA was busy lowering its estimates of Soviet nuclear capabilities. Benjamin Schwartz, writing for The Atlantic in 2013, provided an account apparently informed by the CIA's lowered estimates, where he placed the whole of the Soviet nuclear weapons program in 1962 at roughly one-ninth the size of the U.S. effort. However, given Ellsberg's known count of four Soviet ICBMs at the time of the missile crisis, even Schwartz's ratio of one to nine seems to overstate Soviet capabilities. Further, per Schwartz's reporting, the Jupiter nuclear missiles that the U.S. had placed in Italy prior to the Cuban Missile Crisis only made sense as first-strike weapons. Nobody was talking about this when I was a little kid. The Jupiter nuclear missiles only made sense as first strike weapons. This interpretation is corroborated by Daniel Ellsberg, who argues that the American plan was always to initiate the use of nuclear weapons first strike. This made JFK's posture of equally matched contestants in a geopolitical game of nuclear chicken utterly unhinged. Should this be less than clear, because the U.S. had indicated its intention to use nuclear weapons in a first strike and had demonstrated the intention by placing Jupiter missiles in Italy, nothing that the U.S. offered during the missile crisis could be taken in good faith. This is jaw-dropping. The dissolution of the USSR in 1991 was met with a promised reduction in U.S. military spending and an end to the Cold War, neither of which ultimately materialized. Following the election of Bill Clinton in 1992, the Cold War entered a new phase. Cold War logic was repurposed to support the oxymoronic humanitarian wars, liberating people by bombing them. Thanks, Bill Clinton. In 1995, Russian meddling meant the Clinton administration rigging the election of Boris Yeltsin in the Russian presidential election. That's what Russian meddling is. 
Mr. Clinton then unilaterally reneged on the American agreement to keep NATO from Russia's border when former Baltic states were brought under NATO's control. Not only is Mr. Clinton a pedophile, he's a lying, stealing piece of shit. And not just Mr. Clinton. The Obama administration's 24 incitement in Ukraine by way of fostering and supporting the Maidan uprising and the ousting of Ukraine's democratically elected president, Viktor Yanukovych, ties to the U.S. strategy of containing and overthrowing the Soviet Russian government that was first codified by the National Security Council in 1945. The NSC's directives can be found here and here. So you can go follow those links and you can see for yourself. The economic and military annexation of Ukraine by the U.S. NATO didn't exist in 1945, comes under NSC 10-2. The alliance between the CIA and Ukrainian fascists ties to directive NSC 20, the plan to sponsor Ukrainian-affiliated former Nazis in order to install them in the Kremlin to replace the Soviet government. This was part of the CIA's rationale for putting Ukrainian-affiliated former Nazis on its payroll in 1948. This is crazy shit, but it sure explains Russiagate. That Russiagate is the continuation of a scheme launched in 1945 by the National Security Council to be engineered by the CIA with help from former Nazi officers in its employ speaks volumes about the Cold War frame from which it emerges. Its near-instantaneous adoption by bourgeois liberals demonstrates the class basis of the right-wing nationalism it supports. So you assholes who keep accusing me of being a Russian agent, that's a class war and you're gonna fucking lose. Look around when somebody accuses you of being a Russian agent. They're always affluent. They're always fairly well educated. And they absolutely don't give a fuck about the working poor. They may be blatantly, overtly racist, but seldom. More likely, they're covertly racist, and they don't want their kids going to school with your kids. That's a classic liberal. In any class skirmish, they're always on the opposite side of the working poor. That liberals appear to perceive themselves as defenders of democracy within a trajectory laid out by unelected military leaders more than seven decades earlier is testament to the power of historical ignorance tied to nationalist fervor. Were the former Gestapo and SS officers employed by the CIA our Nazis? That's like complaining about your boss, who is a sociopath, and one of your fellow employees comes along and says, well, at least he's our sociopath. The Nazi War Crimes Disclosure Act came about in part because Nazi hunters kept coming across Nazi war criminals living in the U.S. who told them they had been brought here and given employment by the CIA, CIC, or some other division of the federal government. If the people in these agencies thought that doing so was justified, why the secrecy? And if it wasn't justified, why was it done? Furthermore, are liberals really comfortable bringing fascists with direct historical ties to the Third Reich to power in Ukraine? And while there are no good choices in the upcoming U.S. election, the guy who liberals want to bring to power is lead architect of this move. Cue the Sex Pistols.